You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Indeed. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome. To Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. Third episode of the week, and it's a big week. It's draft week. It's the Utopia Football Podcast. Mailbag edition. Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast with you on Sports Radio 610. And of course, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and Galleriesports.com, John McClain. John, I'm not going to name names, but you and I were just talking off air, and the phone calls are flying right now with all the insiders and the experts trying to find intel and look for intel and disperse intel. Is this the craziest? Maybe we're feeling it because we're in Houston. kind of holds the keys to everything right now. Is this the craziest lead-up to a draft that you can remember in quite some time? Absolutely. I can't ever remember one like this, and it's because Nick Casario has done such a great job of keeping a lid on it. And then Arizona, everybody assumes wants an edge rusher. And then supposedly Kyler Murray said he wanted Paris Johnson Jr. Like all of a sudden they're going to switch to what Kyler Murray wants. I don't think so. And then India, India has been totally quiet about what they want, who they want. I see reports, oh, they're leaning toward Will Levis. No, they're leaning toward C.J. Stroud. And then I've more and more, I was told by a person in the know that the Seahawks would not draft Jalen Carter, so I feel more confident about mm. Anthony Richardson. So I, I feel good about the players, just not who goes where, other than I'm sure about the Panthers, and then that uh, the uh, Cardinals will draft an edge rusher. Okay, so they, so those are two things. So you, uh, that's interesting. Okay, so let's get into that, John. I'm I'm holding in my hands right now as of. An hour ago, the latest odds on well, the first. Excuse me, even more. The first five positions in the draft. Okay, you ready? Yes, I, I, that's not my intent, John. But the first overall pick, as you mentioned, Bryce Young, still a heavy favorite. He even remained a heavy favorite yesterday, even as Will Levis' his odds plummeted down to plus four hundred from plus four thousand. Um, but he's back up to minus two thousand now. You got to risk two thousand just to win a hundred bucks on Bryce Young. That's back to where it was before random Reddit poster put up that Levis has been telling everybody close to him that he's going to the Panthers. They're still hedging a little bit. Levis is still a very clear cut number two on the board to go first overall at plus 600. 
Stroud and Anthony Richardson are long shots, but I don't think we need to spend much time on Bryce Young other than to say how crazy was it that a Reddit post yesterday started sending the betting markets haywire. And after it's over and the guy's wrong, he'll put out something that it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we ever find out who he is, his name was like Sale Agreeable 2834. John, I know when I need info, there's nationally, there's three people I go to for the NFL. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and Sale Agreeable 2834. Those are the three <laughs> big national insiders. That I go to. That's like the guy, uh, remember Jimbo Fisher, Slice Bread? And we're on oh, some yeah. uh, message board, and I'll get a guy's posting the guy named Slash Bread. That's, I mean, it's, okay, thanks a lot, Slash Bread. Okay. Um, all right, number two overall pick, John, the one that we've all come come here for to the Utopia Football Podcast. The favorite right now, the betting favorite is Tyree Wilson. Texas Tech edge rusher is plus 130 right now. Will Levis, plus 200, two to one. Will Anderson Jr. is a hair under four to one. And then you've got a Stroud, Young. Well, Stroud is plus 550, so about five and a half to one. And then Bryce Young is 10 to one. Anthony Richardson is 40 to one. Jalen Carter is 50 to one. I I guess, I mean, it doesn't feel like they've done nearly as much work with Anthony Richardson as far as at least. Did they even have Richardson in for a visit, a top 30 visit, John? You know? I don't know. And and of course, that didn't mean anything because they take players all the time when they don't bring them in. But uh, they may have been doing all kinds of work. They could have gone and had him at a private workout for all yeah. we know. I'm just surprised he's 40 to one. Like Bryce Young's 10 to one. Anthony Richardson's 40 to one. Like it wouldn't be, I mean, it'd be a big curveball if they drafted Anthony Richardson, but it, it feels like they got a better chance of getting him than they do Bryce Young at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Now is where it gets weird. Third overall pick, John, as you mentioned, two co-favorites for the third overall pick, Tyree Wilson, three to one. And Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State, three to one. Peter King and Albert Breer, both in their Monday columns this week, both pretty strongly suggested that Paris Johnson is very much in play for the Cardinals. Is that are these odds you think just to play off of what those two are saying, or do you think that do you think a tackle to the Cardinals is a legitimate thing? You just said they're going edge rusher. Well, after they came out and uh, said Kyler Murray came out and said he wanted Paris Johnson. So all I know is they lost their two starting defensive ends. Yeah. They let they got rid of Chandler Jones the year before. They're they're more desperate for an edge rusher than the Texans are. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the Cardinals, John. I mean, they've they've got Kyler Murray, so they've got at least got a quarterback that Cardinal fans, I would imagine, or some of them are still excited about. The Texans don't have a guy like that right now. I almost feel like the Cardinals roster wise, especially if they trade Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins. They're almost like where the Texans were last year, where it's like, okay, just take pick a position, take any position, and it fills a need. You know what I mean? Like, I, they're they're so bad right now, roster wise. Like a lot of the experts say their roster is worse than the Texans roster. They're so bad right now. I almost feel like there's no position that they can pick where it's not like, okay, well that makes a lot of sense. If the Texans take Tyree Wilson, they're in the catbird seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, for quarterbacks, they need to trade it to a team that wants quarterback and get as much as they can. Okay, one of those teams might be the Colts. The fourth overall pick in the draft, the favorite right now at even money, is Will Levis. C.J. Stroud second on the board at two to one. Anthony Richardson at three to one. I, did, I mean, it, it feels like the general consensus is it'd be an even bigger shock if the Colts passed on a quarterback than the Texans passing on a quarterback. Absolutely. Yeah. And last one, fifth overall pick. This doesn't line up with what you just said. 
The fifth, the favorite to be the fifth overall pick right now, which is currently held by Seattle, is Jalen Carter at about even money. Anthony Richardson is next at four and a half to one, followed by Will Anderson. But you said that your feeling is that uh, Jalen Carter to Seattle may not be the case. May not be the case. They may be going for the quarterback or another position like Will Anderson. Okay. All right. You want to get into there? You know, they don't expect Will Anderson to be there. And if he's there, they may change all their thinking. But Pete Carroll, they had a great draft last year. Mm-hmm. Their offense is really good. They got yeah. skill position players, starting offensive line. They got running backs. They need to bolster their defense. But they got to figure they're not going to be in this position again to draft a quarterback this high. This is Denver's pick. And so um, – it might be that they're the perfect team to give Richardson a chance to watch and learn behind Geno Smith, who would also be a tremendous mentor for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I, we did that exercise yesterday, John, on this podcast of the mock draft. And I took Richardson for Seattle at five in part, because I feel like what you just said, this is Denver's pick. You've won that trade already. You've won that trade by getting rid of Russell Wilson and not paying him. (laughs) Forget about the draft capital that you got in the deal. Like the mere fact that Russell Wilson is not your problem anymore and you actually got stuff in return for him. And, oh, by the way, Geno Smith is a respected quarterback now. This is what that dynamic affords you the chance to do. You're picking again at 20. It's not like you got to wait till a fourth round for another pick. You're picking 15 picks later. I, I think I, I think it makes a lot of sense to go quarterback there. I do, too. Plus, yeah. they, they want a defensive lineman. They, there's a bunch of candidate in the 20th spot. Yep. Guys that can come in and produce, and they showed last year they know how to pick the right guys and coach them up. Yep. All right, you want to do some of these mailbag questions, John? Sure. Let's rapid fire these. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com is how you send us questions. we got a lot of good ones. We didn't get to all of them. We won't get to all of them, um, but uh, we'll do our best to get to as many as we can. This is a new emailer, Cody in McMahon. Is it McMahon or McMahon, Texas? Um, I don't have any idea. Okay. M-C-M-A-H-A-N, McMahon, Texas. McMahon or Mc, Mc, anyway, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, anyways, that's where he's from. Um, says, John, you've been covering the league for a long time. Can you think of a situation where a guy came into the league and actually hit a growth spurt? And grew, I guess this is a Bryce Young question. Can you think of a time a guy got drafted into the league, John, and physically he just completely changed? Not because of steroids or something, but physically, like, actually hit a growth spurt or once he got into the NFL. That's a tremendous question, but right off the top of my head, I cannot. Yeah, You may see a guy grow a half inch or something like that, but I've never seen anybody hit a growth spurt like they do when they're in high school and maybe early in their college career. You see that happen a lot. You're right. Like even in college guys, do like Jacoby Jones is the one I always think of where from when Jacoby was at Lane College, small little Lane College playing college football, and he hit a huge growth spurt there. Next thing you know, he's a third round pick. And he's returning kicks in the Super Bowl. Jacoby was funny. Jacoby, if you ever asked Jacoby about his size, which I'm sure you did a few times, John, when he was a player here, he said the same thing every time. He was like, man, when I got to Lane College, I was 145 pounds soaking wet with bricks in my pockets. <laughs> he was a character. Great line. I wish he had not coughed up a playoff game. He might be a Texans legend still. Um, follow up from Cody, John. He says, do you think the reason – for the Texans potentially moving away from a quarterback at two could be the idea of Bobby Slowick being able to work with Davis Mills the way they were able to get so much out of Brock Purdy. That's not out of the realm of possibility because I don't think Davis Mills' problem last year was him. I think it was coaching and play calling and personnel around him. They did a terrible job. 
but I'll still be in shock if they go into the season with Mills and Case Keenum and A.J. Perry as their quarterback. If they don't take one up at the top, uh, I think that uh, they'll do something to get one at 12, whether they trade up or trade down. And I'm all on the Hendon hooker bandwagon in that if that's the guy they want, because I've had too many people that have watched him that, that have real high hopes for him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Derwin and Cyprus, regular listener to the podcast and emailer. In 2017, Dabo Sweeney said passing on Deshaun Watson would be like passing on Michael Jordan. Who is the QB this year that if you pass on him, it's like passing on Michael Jordan, or is there one? I don't think there is one because Bryce Young has everything but size, and every time he goes on the field, they're going to hold their breath, worried that he's going to get hit or he's going to get hit a bunch, and the size is going to be an issue. No matter how much they lie and say they're not worried about it, they are worried about it, and there's every other quarterback has flaws. And at the time, Watson, you know, he wasn't a high pick. Rick Smith traded up to get him at, what, 10? 12. 12. And so that's not like trading up at the top of the round. But Dabo certainly wasn't shy about that quote, and he turned out to be right until Watson went off the deep end. It's a good question from Lorenzo. He says, I'm wondering, since it sometimes seemed like, seems like most of the draft rumors concerning the Texans are mostly a load of crap, and I think that, I think that only because they are uh, remaining tight-lipped by all accounts – why is the rumor that the Texans soured on C.J. Stroud persist? Um, maybe because, um, you know, it's interesting that the Texans don't like Stroud. If they drafted him it, now, it would be a huge surprise. Three weeks ago, it was accepted that they were going to do it. One of the things that goes into Hey, John, Stroud, not to interrupt you, three weeks ago it was accepted he was going to the Panthers with the number one overall <laughs> Yeah. Continue. The Texans were going to get Bryce Young. <laughs> right. Teams watch every throw in practice and games. They meet with these guys for hours. They spend a day with them in Houston. It could be that they don't come across well in the interviews for whatever reason. Could be that one coach that's going to coach him doesn't think they th- thinks they can get somebody better. You never know. If they draft C.J. Stroud, I think that'll be great. As long as they draft a quarterback, I'll be happy or a trade for Trey Lance. At this point, I didn't want him to trade for Trey Lance last week, but now I'm afraid they're going to bypass all the quarterbacks. So that's going to be kind of a last the fallback opportunity unless they sign Lamar Jackson. And I don't think any of us believe that's going to happen. No, no. That's where I was on Trey Lance. I'm not a huge Trey Lance guy, John, but man, I'd re- much rather go into a season with Trey Lance as part of this quarterback room with Mills and Keenum than Mills and Keenum and EJ Perry going into the season as your me too as Everybody your trifecta yes all right um Robert Huntley has this ever happened uh drafting two quarterbacks with the plan to trade one later and keep the best after one or two seasons increasing your odds of finding a good one a lot of examples of teams drafting two quarterbacks in one season 
I think he's talking, John, about like drafting. Well, no, this is actually a follow-up question from Alex in London. I'll mix this one in because this is just a general drafting two quarterbacks thing. Alex in London takes it even further, John, and says, why not draft one at two and one at 12, and then you get two good ones in the building and you increase your chances since quarterback is so important. I'm paraphrasing there, but I guess just with those two questions, just your general thoughts on the Texans taking two quarterbacks in this draft. A la, I think the most famous example recently is probably RG3 at two and Kirk Cousins in the fourth round to the Redskins back a decade ago. Redskins also did it in 94 with Heath Schuler and Gus Farratt. Yeah. And then the Oilers did it with uh, Dan Pastorini and Lynn Dickey. Mm-hmm. So it's rare, but it has been done. In, in the uh, 12 pig mock draft I did on the Texans, now I don't think this is going to happen. I had him taking a quarterback in the first round, but I had him taking Clayton Toon as Mr. Irrelevant after Brock Purdy. I don't think that'll be, I think Toon will be long gone, but I just was having fun with it. So, no, they're not going to take two quarterbacks. Do you think there's merit to doing so, though? Do you like in general disagree with it? If you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, you shouldn't draft him if you don't think the guy can play. Yeah. I don't know. Both those times you named with the Redskins, John, it worked. It's a good thing they drafted those guys in the, you know, Ferrat in the seventh and Cousins in the fourth. They both wound up being the starters for them. Well, RG3 got hurt. If he'd never been hurt, Cousins would have been gone sooner. And then on uh, 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 who's oh, Gus Ferrat, he's shooter was awful. They yeah, he just stunk. Been drafted anyway. Yeah. So that's why Ferrat ended up playing. So they, they, uh, RG three was out of out of the, their control, and then the Schuler pick was just bad. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, have the Texans ever done it? Um, um, I was don't the, think was so. The, was the Drew Henson, Dave Ragone kind of thing? Was that the same year? I can't remember. And I know Henson. I, I know Henson was drafted more as kind of like a you know like a penny stock because everybody thought he was going to play baseball. But, um, anyways, all right, we'll keep it moving. We got a few more here, John. Uh, Dennis has a couple of questions. He says, "Why does everyone treat defensive prospects as shoe ins?" For D'Amico to personally coach them up, a la Fred Warner, he won't be the linebackers coach. And while I value his talents in that regard in, in terms of coaching, as a head coach, I think he has more important tasks at hand, especially in the first year, than growing, than grooming individual players. That is a very interesting observation. Where I, I've, And I've been guilty of that, John, making this assumption that, well, if they draft any player that's in the front seven – I feel like that player's got a 25% better chance of hitting their ceiling because D'Amico Ryans is the coach. He's not going to be able to get his hands in the clay like he did as a position coach or even a defensive coordinator as the head coach now. So are we overrating that potential for these guys or the the possibility of these guys reaching their potential because of D'Amico Ryans? The head coach has full confidence in the position coaches and the coordinators. He has no background with Matt Burke. People figured Robert Sala. recommended him to D'Amico, and that's why D'Amico made him a coordinator. I still think D'Amico's going to call the defenses. 
So he thinks this guy's going to coach him up. And of course, when he's on the field, he's going to be giving pointers to players he thinks needed. We'll see that in training camp. So uh, it was interesting because he had no number one picks in his back seven. All the number ones were up front. Did the number ones make the back seven look good or was the back seven really good anyway? He said that they want a certain type of player, had to be all in on football. That was important. Had to be able to run and had to be smart. And uh, they hit home runs with a lot of those players and uh, can't wait to see what they do here with those 12 picks. I don't think they'll use 12 picks. I think Casario will do things to move around and move up. But uh, it's it's going to be fun to see how much D'Amico coaches. First-year head coaches want to do everything. Yeah. They think they got to get involved in everything. Yeah. And on his side of the ball, you know he's going to do that. And uh, Matt Burke can't be thin-skinned. Uh, so – that is that's really an interesting question, but I think as a head coach, you think whoever you hired, that guy's going to be able to coach him like you do. Uh, follow up question: Question number two: Is there any chance that this is still Carolina with all the Bryce Young smoke? Is there any is there any chance they're still playing the Texans for a trade up? No, absolutely yeah. not. Nick Casario turned down trade with uh, Chicago, and uh, he's not going to trade with Carolina. Okay. A couple more. Our friend Dave Howard, John, in Austin, I believe, right? Austin. Yep. Round Rock. Round Rock. Round Rock. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, as Sean said a few days ago, it's Jesus Take the Wheel time. I did say that on, on the show the other day, John. I played the song Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood because that's where I am with all this draft stuff. I'm like, I don't, I give up. Like, I just, I, <laughs> I give up with the Texans. Jesus Take the Wheel. Um, he says, I want Stroud. What the hell do I know? But if Nick likes Levis or Hooker or Anderson, I'm okay with it in Nick we trust. So not really a question, but Dave's a loyal listener, so I just wanted him to get his thoughts out there. But he's in Nick we trust at this point. John, do you feel like where do you feel like the Texans fan base is in the mantra in Nick we trust right now? Well, I think there's a the jury's out with a lot of them, but I also think D'Amico, while he doesn't have final say, is going to play a big role in these players. And if they take a player that is not popular with the fan base and the media. They'll try D'Amico out there Friday, and he'll tell why he likes him. And I think fans will trust D'Amico more than they'll trust Casario. Should they have D'Amico out there with Casario the night of the draft? I think the night of the draft after it's over is just, I think the three press conferences right after Thursday, Friday, Saturday is just Casario, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they're, they said later that D'Amico will be there on Friday. But Friday – Probably Friday for the the press conference where the two first rounders get introduced, I would imagine, right? No, um, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because they're they're going to have multiple press conferences on Friday. And as you know, people want to hear from D'Amico. And yes, yeah. Nick, it's Nick's time to shine. Then he turns it over to the coaches after the draft and undrafted free agents. But you know, Casario, if he'd had his choice, he wouldn't be talking to us. <laughs> so people here want to hear from D'Amico Ryan's. Mm -hmm. Last one, John. Marty in League City. Do you guys have a few names you're hoping slip to number 33 early on Friday? John, John, do you have a, as you've been looking at these mock drafts, do you have a name or two that you look at and you're like, because I, I always get in the moment with the mock drafts, pretend it's real life. You know, like that's the wrestling fan in me. I'm suspending disbelief. This is real life happening right here. 
So I look and I'll just use a name and probably not one that surprises anybody. I'm always looking, hoping like, oh, I hope in this world that I'm this fake mock world that I'm in right now, that Michael Mayer is there at 33, the tight end from Notre Dame. I think the Texans, even though they signed Dalton Schultz, it's just one year. I think if they drafted a tight end with one of those first five picks that they have, I think that would make a lot of sense, especially with this offense. Um, so that's one name for me. But do you have any names, John, that you've looked at that – that seem to be like in the 20s, 25, 30 range in a lot, but it, maybe they might slip to 33 that next day. Sure. Uh, I don't think for a minute they're going to draft a tight end at the 33rd spot. Well, thanks a I lot, think John. they'll draft one later. I know you're hoping for Mayer because he went to Notre Dame, and he's he's going to be long gone anyway. Yeah, probably. Uh, and there are this is the best year I've ever remembered about tight ends, the depth. But I'm guessing they're going to have quarterback, edge rusher, edge rusher, quarterback. And then a wide receiver is their next biggest need, along with center. I They could take a center there like John Michael Smith, Joe Tipton. They might try to wait in the third round, Luke Wappler from Ohio State. But they got to get a center, too. I know it's not a sexy position, but you don't want to go into the season, I don't think, with Quisenberry as your starting center again. God, no. So. Uh, a receiver that I had them taking on my when I mocked the 12 picks was Jalen Hyatt from uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I've seen him going in the first round, last until the second. There's not a receiver who is a better deep threat. He's six foot. He's thin. A lot of these receivers weigh in the 170s. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell of U of H is a terrific prospect, but he weighs only 166. And so. Uh, Zay, uh, Zay Flowers is 170s. Jordan Addison, 170s. Now, if Quentin Johnston were to drop down there, and I don't have him drop it, I have him going to the Giants right now, but if he were there, but uh, I'd, I'd like to see Jalen Hyatt uh, be there. Don't think Jay, Zay Flowers will be. Mm-mm. And uh, there's uh, Bingo from Ole Miss is another one people like a lot. And uh, uh but Hyatt, I guess because he caught 15 touchdown passes from Hendon Hooker, and they averaged like 35 or 40 yards a catch. Mm. He's a great deep threat. And you can't beat the, the need for speed. If you got like Will Fuller, we talked about Will Fuller's speed all the time. And when he was able to utilize it, it was breathtaking. Too often he could because he was hurt all the time. Yeah. But I think having a guy like Jalen Hyatt on the team, and what he did last season, would people would hold their breath every time he took off down the sideline. It's going to be really, really interesting, John. I can't believe we're, we're about 24 hours away. Is this the most important draft in the history of the team, John? I know you and I mentioned that earlier this week, and I, know, I think you had said that the first one was because it's the first one. But other than the first one, because that's so different, like in this last like run of like – from like the end of the Kubiak era, like in the last 10 to 15 years, let's say, is this the most important, is this the most important one say since like Mario Williams? Well, yes. The one in 2006, Gary Kubiak's first year when they took Mario Williams and D'Amico Ryans and Owen Daniels and Eric Winston and Charles Spencer, which is the best draft in history. And David Anderson. Was, Don't forget the great David, David Anderson, Anderson. Yes. And that was a big draft because they were trying to go from two and 14 under Gary, who came back to his hometown with all his Super Bowl rings. But this one is the biggest since 06. It's just so important because people are so fired up about the D'Amico Ryan's hire, and they've gotten their hopes up. And if they win three or four games again, people are going to just be so deflated 
to have it happen again. That's why if they don't draft quarterback in the first round, they better do whatever it takes to uh, to uh, get uh, uh, Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Even if they have to overpay, they can't not get a quarterback. And, and John, do you say that because – because in the same breath, and not in the same breath, but in the same podcast, you've said that, man, they, I mean, you, you've implied basically Davis Mills kind of got a raw deal when it comes to coaching. Like he really had poor, poor coaching, especially last year. When you're saying they can't, are you saying because Davis Mills has no chance of being a good NFL quarterback or because of the, just the PR of going in, like the, the good vibes of going into that, that we had coming out of D'Amico getting hired would all go away because people just don't, people associate Davis Mills with failure. Mills was a third-round pick for a reason. Yes, they associated with failure. He looked really good at the end of his rookie year. Last year, he had a few spurts, but uh, I just don't – I just – I look at him, and I don't think he's the answer. I'd like to see him get somebody that you hope with development and maturity and coaching that you think he could be the answer. All right, John, what do you got going on on the various platforms of John McClain? I'm about to send my last mock draft in to uh, gallerysports.com. They've told me they're going to run all my mock drafts. Maybe somewhere in there I can say, aha, I got the Texans pick right on the second mock draft. And then uh, I'm about to write a column for Gallery Sports. I have a column on uh, sportsradio610.com. All right. You and I are going to do at least one more, John. I think tomorrow maybe we'll do one as needed. If there's something big that happens between now and the draft, it seems like the dust is kind of settling a little bit here. Um, But at the minimum, we'll do one Friday to break down what the Texans do with picks two and 12 and any big stories that come out of the draft and preview what uh, day two. So we're, we're staying nimble here on the Utopia Football Podcast. I look forward to it. I think it's a great way to do it. You can't do too much on the draft, especially with the Texans having all those picks. No doubt, it's going to be this that way this year. It's going to be that way next year. It's still it's still uh, flush with picks. We're not just twenty twenty three, but twenty twenty four as well. Who knows? By the time the weekend is over, they may have more picks in twenty twenty four if Trader Nick gets his way. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, John, I enjoyed it as always. Me too, Sean. Thank you very much. All right, good stuff. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting the podcast out to each and every one of you. Click that subscribe button. Makes it a whole lot easier on all of us if you just subscribe to it. Get it sent to wherever you listen to your podcast. This is a great week to be subscribed and listening to the Utopia Football Podcast. For the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. It is draft week. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see what happens. Big doings. Uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, the rest of your day, and we will be back with you soon. Have a great day, everybody.